Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good evening and welcome back to the Podtims channel. It is myself, Darren, and I'm here with Tony and Andy tonight. And we're going to discuss an eventful weekend in Scottish football as Celtic seen the lead at the top of the table stretch as nearest rivals St Mirren dropped points at Kilmarnock. It was in crazy fashion as well with three goals in the last 10 minutes of the game. There was also a few casualties in the managerial scene in Scotland, notably an unlucky man, some would say, uh, and Michael Beale losing his job at Rangers, so we'll, I'm sure we'll have a wee laugh about that as well, and also we're on the brink of match day two in the Champions League, where Celtic will host Lazio, and the first home game of this uh, campaign is looked to get our first points of the group on board. Uh, Tony, I'll bring you in, we were all... Uh, in each other's company for once. I know it doesn't happen because we stay quite far away from each other these days, but we were all together this weekend. It turned out to be quite the weekend in uh, Scottish football and started off with Celtic and uh, lunchtime kickoff at Burr Park. A, a pretty... A, a game with no many chances, I know. Uh, Scott Bain had a few saves, but all the, all the drama came in the last sort of 10 minutes of that game with Lewis Palmer getting his first Celtic goal, which looked to, I think, everybody at that point for it had seen Celtic uh, gain all three points, but Blair's bit of equalised in the 95th minute, and thankfully, a 
bit like last season when we done it at McDermott Park. Celtic went up there at the end and scored again and won in quite unbelievable fashion. What did you make of the weekend? That was a really good weekend. Um, obviously, we were all in Derry for a piss-up, which was good fun. So I watched the first half of the game in my bed on Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon because it was a bit rough. Um, it wasn't a great game. I thought we were in control for large spells, but just lacking that kind of... Some of the passing was really poor, just lacking that kind of final pass to to split Mother well open and get the, to get the winner. Uh I was delighted for Palma. I thought, good way to get your confidence up because he's not really done anything as yet um, since he's came to Celtic. He's a kind of limited chance. Chances and limited playing time. And I thought, oh, that's a great a great one for him to get. And then Motherwell scored, I think, in the 95th minute. And I felt sick. <laughs> I thought, fucking hell, what a, what a dreadful kind of goal to lose. I think Liam Scales gets beat really easily. Turnbull doesn't really get anywhere near it. And it just kind of goes right into the corner. And you're thinking, fuck, is our, our lead we done really well to build to get to four points got to be cut to two. And then in kind of typical Celtic fashion, I guess it was, I guess Ange get the, the we never stop mantra. Don't get me wrong, his team scored so many late goals, but it's been a kind of, it's been a Celtic mantra for as long as I've been watching us. I mean, even under Rodgers, the, the first time, I'm sure we'll touch on Tom Rogic because he's retired, the invincible game we won with the last kick of the ball, Rogic's last minute against um, Motherwell and barely last few minutes against Rangers to win the um, the Scottish Cup, uh, I think it was the Scottish League Cup semi-final. And then you can go back to Strachan, even Lennon. The last time we played Lazio, funnily enough, we'll tie into that as well. Two really late goals. So it's always been the kind of story of Celtic is this kind of fairy tale endings. And that was one of them. Um, it's just, I, I would hate to be in a title race against Celtic because we just, we dig out the results. And if you go on opposition fans' um, forums, you get a really good laugh at the reaction to it. Um I think he's a great finish, by the way, for Matt O'Reilly. I think he takes it well. Um, his run's per- perfect, the ball in. I think for Greg Taylor is, is superb. And then it's just pandemonium. I think Rogers was running running right down onto the park and fans were on the pitch. And it was just a great result. Um, I mean, really, you could have turned your telly on at the 87th minute and that was the kind of... That's when the game really started. But um, just those kind of results can do so much. Um to damage other teams' hope and also give us such a lift. And I think it did. Um, I think he put a spanner on the works at Ibrooks and that resulted in another huge result for us where they actually lost to Aberdeen. So now we've got a seven-point lead over them. Um, and, that, and that was before October and that resulted in, in Michael Beale losing his job. And, you know, I must be honest, Van Broncos, I didn't hate with all my guts and wanted me feel and all that. I didn't think it was a a prick. I thought Michael Beale was a total dick. I thought he spoke some amount of absolute nonsense. He waffled and he, oh, he was just arrogant and just a, a total asshole with that lucky man stuff, Leanne, and um, even turning up at Ibrox when he was a QPR manager to put pressure on Van Bronckhorst and um, I just a, a total waffler guy and I think um, <laughs> he thought he was uh, a lot better than than he was, and 
it was, he's been quickly seen off. So uh, a very funny weekend if you're a Celtic fan. They built them up to be completing this superb rebuild and to just see what happens this season. And um, you know, they've got Steve Davis and Alex Ray's their, um, their management team. So, no, a great weekend. And credit to the players and, and big credit to the manager. Again, he's had four reasonably tough away fixtures um, and he's come through with 12 points. So, I think for us to be seven clear, when I still don't think we're anywhere near the level that Brendan wants us to be at or the level he will take us to, I think it's just excellent, and I think tomorrow's absolutely huge. I definitely will come on here tomorrow in a wee minute, but I, I agree with you. I thought the game eh, on Saturday, I thought there wasn't much quality. No, I thought we were all right at the first half. I thought it was just one of the ones where the board didn't quite break for Kyogo or I think Scales had the head on the first half as well. But I thought, I thought we were in complete control because... Uh, from what I'd seen the previous week, uh, Motherwell had they, they looked really good the week before when uh, they played Rangers, and I, I I don't know if I was like I wouldn't want to be too harsh on him and say I was expecting Murphy. I thought Celtic just completely nullified them, and I know Scott Bain, as I said, had two good saves, but I thought in the whole we kept them quiet for a lot, and they've they've had a decent start to the season, so I think that sort of deserves a bit of credit in itself. We obviously had a few changes with the likes of Scott Bain coming in. Uh, Yang, I thought, was actually alright the first half. I thought he was always looking to get involved. I know he went off at half time for James Forrest and uh, like, just in general, as I say, I thought I thought we were alright. I think everybody was getting into the game buzzing because obviously we had the, the contract on a Friday and then Matt O'Reilly uh, contract announced on a Saturday morning as well. It was, it was a real good feel about the uh, club at the moment and uh, like as much as I agree with you, I think when uh, Palma scores, you're delighted as I think defender and the keeper sort of don't take responsibility and all Palma does is just puts it in a dangerous area and that sort of thing can happen where it just evades everybody and goes in. Massive moment for him. I, look, delighted with the way we won it, but I would have been delighted if that had been the winner as well because uh, for a new signing, it's obviously a, a, a massive moment for him getting his first goal and scoring it in front of the away end as well would have done him the world of good. Hopefully boost his confidence as well. And then, as you say, I think we just sort of... Uh, Turn, turn off when it's, it's quite a foot to go we conceded was criminal it was like a 95th minute and as you say I think the initial header is clear uh, from scales but then when the boss sort of breaks uh, like you see in one of the angles of the replay that scales sort of just sort of comes out and pulls himself out of position and that allows Spill to uh, put put the ball away I don't think Bain had much chance with it and as I say, like uh, although they scored the ninety fifth minute, like, Tony, you mentioned it, it's like the thing that's been so consistent with Celtic teams that we've grew up watching is a never say die attitude. Like you went back as far as like Stratton and Lennon, obviously Rogers in his first spell as well, and it, it's like I mentioned last season at McDermott Park, like but the patience we showed as well was really good because. Uh, we sort of played it from the back. It wasn't just sort of aimless humping it up the pitch and hoping for the best. Like uh, we we bring it forward and then I think it's Nat Phillips that uh, plays it out to Greg Taylor, who like, the ball from Taylor is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I think Forrest sort of makes a run, which pulls the defender away and leaves O'Reilly to drift in at back post. And as you say, fantastic finish. 
top scorer in the league at the moment. He's just been unbelievable. Uh, Matt O'Reilly, and uh, I thought he was a wee bit quiet on Saturday, but pops up when you need him. And as I say, just another massive moment. Like, at the start of the season, when you've seen these fixtures coming out, I think everybody would have been probably happy if we 19 points out of 21 when you looked at you had Pataudry and Ibrooks and Fur Park and uh, Livingston away. Like, it's just sort of first four away games, I think. Like, I know everybody was disappointed when we dropped the points at home at St Johnston. Uh, but that's, I think that's just a sort of anomaly and uh, it doesn't really like reflect on how the seasons went. And on that day, like O'Reilly had a few good chances that day. He could have even more goals if they didn't win. And we, we could easily be sitting flaws at the moment, but I'm not going to complain. Well, 19 points at 21, we obviously did disappointment in the League Cup. Uh, but as you say, I think Rodgers has just come back and uh, started excellently in the league. and. I think there's that, that real feel-good factors coming back and hopefully that's sort of topped off with a good result tomorrow against Lazio. But before we move on here, Andy, I'll uh, come to you. you as, as Tony says, we were on Derry watching it and uh, there was quite some scenes in the pub uh, we were in. But what, what did you make of Celtic's uh, play in general on Saturday? Hi, as he's both of have covered... Um... I did they? thought we were in quick control for large parts of the game. Um it's I'm just fucking never good for the for the heart, but I it's, it's the best way to win games as we've spoken about a million times and it was one of the aims the sort of game went on, you were you were starting to fear the worst and you think when Palmer gets the goal late on you think oh that's it, just see it out and then they've equalised ninety fifth minute. Died that. <laughs> the, the, the scenes, the, the difference in scenes for the 95th to the 97th minute were quite something. Um, people are obviously losing their aggie, but us three included, um, which is understandable. And then obviously O'Reilly sticks that in, which was a great finish. But the game itself, as I say, we dominated the ball for large parts um, in the first half. I think we had a 60 70% of the ball, same again in the second half. We had Enough chances, I think it was they just weren't clear cut. Um, or we weren't sort of making the most diary we half chances and it just felt almost as if it wasn't falling for us. I thought Motherwell were they defended reasonably well. Um I I think they're probably a bit unlucky at times, but it's that attitude that the players have got and Tony would be right when he said it's something that's like I've sort of had to Sort of my entire life, really. Um, you know, they've always got that last minute goal, even when we're only playing great. Um, but I, I think it's, uh, it's it's a big thing, especially I think that Palms came in and came off the bench and got his goal, whatever it was, 10, 15 minutes later after they came off the bench. Um, you're starting to see, hopefully, the new guys come on and, and you want them to be kick on for there and um, start to make an impact. Obviously, we've been troubled with injuries. And I think that shows, and I think it's a big reason why um, you need to essentially you need guys to be kind of like sort of hit the ground running, if you like. Um, obviously, that's what his third appearance. Um, probably, if you combine the minutes he's put up here on the pitch together, you're probably just about making 90 there. So, you need these guys to take him in and sort of hit the ground running, and that, that hopefully will be the start of that. But I, I think it's. 
it really just speaks volumes about the team. Um, I think you've seen what it meant to obviously the fans and then the way Rodgers went and and the players that the smile, even the smile on their faces after the game, and it just it just really looked as if the sort of spring was back in the back in the step. Um, and I, it was it, it was massive. I, I really do think so. Um, and it couldn't have felt we a better player to get that winner at the moment. Matt O'Reilly's been fucking outstanding for this this season. Probably probably a player of the year so far. Obviously, we've not played many games, but um, I, I would say he's probably the, the front runner. Um, he's he's getting the knack for for putting the ball in the net, which is something that he was probably criticised for a wee bit last season. I know he had obviously had a lot of assists, but something I think most people would have said they felt we needed to add to his game was goals, and he seems to have. Be finding an academy in that. Um, it's a great run and it's a great finish. And he's sort of weaker side when the boss came across to his right. So brilliant. But I just honestly just buzzing for, like I say, um, performance was, was one of the ones you felt as if we just needed a really clear cut chance and a bit of luck or, or something to get the ball in the net and get us gone. Um, it, it just felt like it could, could be one of the days. But I, to, to get that to really sort of hopefully kickstart guys like Palmer coming into the team and then just to, to get through that game we've had a hard start to the season in terms of the teams that we've already played Mullow were in good form we've already played obviously Rangers we've played up at Pataudry really. there's, there's been difficult games in there um, so I just wasn't to get the win to be honest with you the fashion that we've done it and I think it's it feels like one of the results that you know you just kick on for because um, you, you know this team's based on last season as well when the season before the players who we already know so well have got multiple gears in them um, and then you're seeing improvements in guys like O'Reilly and I think we all know what Roger's done before and then obviously you've got the new guys coming in as I mentioned with Palmer coming in and getting a goal you hope that the other new boys who are there can sort of follow a similar suit. We've, we've got so many who have obviously been rocked with injury, but Phillips getting off the bench, getting minutes, you would expect that that was probably done with an eye towards um, the Lazio game, which I'm sure will come on to. But I am, I, I'm just buzzing. I think that, that sort of thing obviously gets you up, gets you up for it anyway. But I, I think, Darren, when you see that and the way we went about it, and even though we sort of took a knock in the 95th minute, the, the team just go again and um, ah, it just sort of makes you that bit excited to sort of see the team hopefully kick into gear and, and really start motoring because we've not played half as well as you know that we can and I've just got every faith that really is not only O'Reilly that's going to take sort of strides forward um, in their individual performances this season, I think there's going to be quite a few players doing that um, and, and I think results like that make that happen um, they, make, they make players sort of step up and and there's no they can make an impact for the bench and uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and I'm actually looking forward to obviously the game against Lazio I do think we can get a result which um, I guess we should be talking about next I definitely I think just what he says at the end is right about I think for the new signings like games like Saturday are like it's alright uh, guys in the dressing room telling you what Celtic's all about and seeing it on videos and that but I think them experiencing that and seeing the scenes and the fans and just what it means to everybody and that never say die attitude like as you say hopefully uh, 
what the players are special and the new signings just sort of come on leaps and bounds from that but as you say we've got Lazio next day uh, we're recording quite late on Tuesday night so it's uh, less than 24 hours to go and I it's match day two uh, Celtic currently sitting bottom of the group due to the fact that obviously we lost the first game uh, in Rotterdam to Feyenoord and Atletico and Lazio drew one each thanks to Lazio's goalkeeper scoring 95th minute equaliser at home uh, for them. Tony, I'll come to you. Last season in the Champions League, I felt that our campaign sort of fell apart on match day two when we didn't take our chances away in Poland when we were playing Shakhtar Donetsk. People might call me a bit of a panic merchant, but I, I think we've got a similar dilemma tomorrow where I, I feel that if we don't get all three points tomorrow, our campaign could be in serious jeopardy and there could be a great chance that we'll finish bottom of the group again. Uh, how are you feeling going into this? And uh, do you think it's almost a must-win game? It feels like a must-win game. It's, it's not just because of the the kind of points tally in the group. It just feels like we've just became totally lost in, in Europe um, in terms of we don't really do much in it at all. Uh, and it's a bit disheartening. I, I love the fact how we've kind of mastered domestic um, football and the, the days out and the memories we've had recently have been have been phenomenal for Anne's to Brendan the first time. Even some of the stuff under Lennon was, was really, really good and it's been an amazing kind of few years. But I just feel desperate to make a mark in Europe and I think a lot of people are the same where we want to be competing in Europe and building for Europe. And I think that's what Postacoglu was doing. Then he left after two years and the kind of building stopped a bit. And yes, still, I don't know why harp on transfer window. I thought we could have been better, but I feel we need a win. We've not been at home in the Champions League for 10 years, which is shite. It's just, just no good enough. It's as simple as that. Um, there's been opportunities to win at home a lot since then in terms of... Under Rodgers, we probably should be beating Anderlecht at home. Uh, I think Bayer Leverkusen or Bodging Gladbach turned us over at home, sorry. Under Ange, you would like to be doing a bit better against Leipzig. Should be beating Shakhtar Donetsk. Just a lot of kind of opportunities missed, really. Um, so I feel we, I feel we, we, need, we need to win the more. Um, I don't think Marcy have had a good start of the season. I've no doubt they're probably still a much stronger squad than us and they've got a very good manager, etc, etc. But if, if, we want to, if we want to compete in Europe, you need to be winning your home games. You look back under Strachan and even I think Lennon's 2012-13 campaign beat Barcelona. Uh, Drew Fika beat Spartak Moscow. Strachan was able to beat AC Milan and, and Man United, etc. So you need to be t- Lazio are now the same stature as some of the big teams we've beat over the years. So uh, yeah, I feel as though it's a must win. Does a draw mean you're, you're, it's done when there's only going to be a point between us and Lazio? I don't think so. But then you're up against it because then you, you need to be looking to beat Atletico Madrid and then trying to get something away because the double header against probably the best team in the group so um, I, I feel I, I don't know if we spoke about Feyenoord um, I can't even mind the last time we done a video but as inconsistent as ever but I felt there for the first 45 minutes we were well in the game we're going to get something and we just can see a dreadful free kick goal so 
I feel as though if we could beat them all, I think I think we're probably pretty much had it unless we pull out some kind of miracle double header against Atletico where we come out with four points or, or something like that. But um, I must win for me tomorrow, and, and I think we will win. I've just I don't, I don't know why. I've just got a feeling that that, that this is it, that we're due a win, and, and it's going to come tomorrow. Aye, I'm I'm with you as I say. Is I think it's pretty much must win as well. And as you say, it's ten years since our last home win in the Champions League. And I know we've not been there every season. We've obviously had a uh, Europa League wins in that time, and obviously won a Europa League group. Uh, well, qualified with two games to go under Lennon uh, in the Europa League as well. So I know it's not been completely terrible, but ten years with a Champions League win isn't a, isn't it great? Considering that we've uh, what had the priority route to the Champions League for 9 out of 10 of the seasons as well uh, and like we've harped on enough about how 20 years since a knockout win well, that's halfway there to uh, being well, 10 years is obviously half a 20 in terms of how long since a home win in the Champions League and even the Anderlecht win a few years 5-6 years ago now as well that's getting on like and as you mentioned, there's been a lot of times where we should have been capable uh, getting a win at least on at least one occasion, and we we're fully aware that uh, these teams have got bigger budgets than us, uh, and the, for the most part. But there, there's been occasions, and you mentioned some of the big names that we've took down in the past, and th- there has to be something uh, that that we can sort of turn the switch. And I think. Like, I think it's just imperative just for years going forward as well because I think it gives the players belief as well eh, if they can get that that big win at Celtic Park or didn't have a Celtic Park of course but any, any Champions League game to get that win would just be massive for the players' confidence and belief in themselves where eh, I, I don't think it's the case now but if it goes on for too much longer they will start to think oh, we're just a four team there to make up the numbers and I think the more is a great opportunity. Uh, Lazio, first seven league games, have only got seven points, and uh, I think Sarri's under a bit of pressure, but obviously a great manager throughout the years, and as you mentioned, the, on paper, get a far stronger squad, and has cost a lot more to build as well. Uh, Andy, how are you feeling in it? As I say, Lazio, seven points from the first seven league games, but they did manage to very late on hold Atletico Madrid in uh, the first game. Uh, how do you see this uh, game like panning out for Celtic and do you agree with us that it's uh, possibly must win? Aye, I think you need to, let's be honest, we need to call our sort of Champions League form and to an extent. Or obviously we've had we've got a sort of Europa League groups and go to knockout rounds, but our sort of Champions League form and knockout round form Football has been nothing short of a disgrace at times. I think we need to be open and honest about that. Um, I think people are too sort of reluctant to criticise in any way, and which we've banged on about for as long as we've been doing this podcast, to be honest with you. But I think we need to call it for what it is at times, and it's a fucking disgrace. Um, the way we go about it, it's hard to watch, like you say, 10 years without winning a Champions League home game. It's that the parkade is mental. Absolutely mental, um, especially the way because some people still bang on about it being a fort, being a fortress and all this nonsense, which it's not. It's not been for a long, long time, um, and that's due to obviously a multitude of factors. Like the finances is 
it's, it's fair enough. I, I think you can understand that, but you only need to look at other teams of their stature who do pull out results who don't look at it the same way we do. I, I don't hear the same excuses for sort of clubs of a similar size. Um, we should be getting into this game. I mean, if you think about under guys like Stratton, there, there was still a financial gulf. Um, but you had that belief that absolutely every team that came to Parky did, did, did think it didn't matter who it was we could take something off them, we could beat them um, I think that's gone for a lot um, and it, it, it comes down to that a lot of listeners there's some things you can't legislate for but it just seems that every time we make an arse of something in Europe it's it's never Obviously, there's been times we've been played off the park club and you go to the new camp and get battered and stuff like that to MD, but a lot of the times you feel what a close result. It's just oohing individual errors. It's oohing mistakes. It's no taking chances. It, there's just so many of them that we can think of um, early years. And I think that's what really sort of kills us. Um, so hopefully... They can, the more it can be the start of that, that change or the day whenever this goes out but that can be the start of that change because I think sort of getting that monkey off your back if you like really could make a massive difference Um but the players have had that they got that fearlessness in them under Angie seen like although the, the game the, the Madrid game is the one I'll, I'll point you to most recently of that first half but what could have been because you've seen a play, the, play, the team, the players, play with that fearlessness that we've not really had. Um, they went toe-to-toe for large parts and quality shone through in the end. That's fair enough, there's a reason. They won the Champions League about fucking 400 times. But we really did go toe-to-toe for the whole, the entirety of the first half. If the McGregor sort of shot goes in, it's maybe a bit different. But it shows you that you can... At home on your day, things going your way, you really can go and put your own stamp in the game and play your game. And listen, there'll be times where that can change, but I think it, it's too often we're just happy to accept that mediocrity. And a lot of that does fall at the bold store. We, we need to be honest about that. Um, we've no went and improved when we should be improved, but we never improve for a position of strength, it seems to be, which is our sort of biggest downfall at times. Um, and we're sort of too keen just to look across the city and make sure we're better named domestically. But I, I think the more I've got a good feeling about tomorrow. I, I do think there's they're there to be got. I said that when we drew last year. I don't think they were a great side. I would argue they're probably a weaker side than the one we played um, in the, the Europa League when they're learning. I think they're probably a weaker side for the most part. There's a lot of the same players there, but they've also lost guys like Malinkovic Savage, and I, I don't think they replaced them. Um, and any time I've watched them, I've seen them recently. I know they got a draw by Atletico Madrid, but Atletico are one of the teams that are either fucking brilliant or absolutely shite. So I think there's there's a right good opportunity there to go and just get rid of that whole one home game in the Champions League for 10 years, just get rid of it and just go and win that game. And I think that makes a massive difference. And similarly, I think you can't be looking at it and say, you know, a draw would be all right. We'd maybe, a draw's no good enough. I think we need to be honest about that as well. If we really want to get out of this group, whether it be second or third or whatever we're looking at, we need to go and win the game um, and, and get three points on the board. We've 
said for years and years and years, you need to be winning your home games. Um, and then, because it's a different kettle of fish when you go away from home. And obviously the fans have got the... We can be that extra push that players players need and we can push them over the edge. And You hope that... You just hope that the more is that day, that can change. Um, I believe we've got the quality there. Um, it could be in a better place in terms of injuries, but listen, it is what it is. It's, you play at this level, then it's, it's not just about the 11 you put out, it's about the entire squad that you put down um, when the squad list came out. We could be in a better place, but I think there's still enough quality there. There's still enough players there who can hurt teams, um, who, when there's a bit more space, can make things happen. Um, you have to go and play again. Nobody the same as when you play teams domestically and they're all, you try to break them down. Look, there'll be, t- there'll be space, there'll be times to hit them on a break. Look, I fancy our players and the, and the quality that we've got in the team to be able to do that. And I'm, I've said that when obviously when we started, I think I've got a, feel, a good feeling about them all. I hope it's not just utter shite, but I, I think there's there's a, there's a chance we can go and we can get three points in the board and just put in a right good performance. I think sort of the result with the Motherwell game will just the, the players are going to be using my confidence for that. And I know it's a different ball game, but um, I think morale will be high. Um, and, and, and I think with the belief that the previous manager put in them and the belief that a guy like Rogers will put in you, well, I've got no doubt that they'll be walking out there feeling like world beaters and hopefully they can go and sort of put on a performance to match that. I certainly hope so. Uh, we'll look at the team we think will line up now, I think. Certainly that Liam Scales is one of the centre-halves. I think about nine of the starting lineups are already set. Uh, with Joe Hart coming back, I think you'll get Alistair Johnson. As I say, Liam Scales, I'd expect to start as well. Uh, Greg Taylor at left back, I think midfield three of Atati, O'Reilly and McGregor will be there. And then it'll be Kyogo and Maeda, joined by... Uh, well, that that's the two positions that I'm not so sure of. I'll, I'll come to you, Tony, at centre-half. I know Nat Phillips came off the bench on Saturday and played half an hour. Uh, but... I think sort of one good thing about his recording as late is that Brendan Rodgers has had his press conference and there was some pretty promising comments regarding Cameron Carter-Vickers saying that he's ahead of where they thought he was going to be and he's had a, a, a good week training. Uh, so I think there's been some speculation about people wondering whether he might get brought straight back in. And then obviously the other winger, I think it'll be between uh, Lewis Palma and Yang. Although I know James Forrest has played a bit the last couple of games, so he might even be in the mix as well. Uh, so how would you line up? As I say, I think about nine of them are set in stone almost, but uh, they two position I've mentioned, how would you be uh, bringing in for them? I, I don't think uh, Vickers will play. I think he hinted he could maybe be in the squad, but he says he, he won't risk him. So I think um, I think Vickers will still be after the international break, but maybe just put him in the squad just to give the fans a bit of a boost to let them know that he's he's close. Um, so I think Matt Phillips will play in there, and I think um, you, you need to give Palmer the shout, I think, and let him have a right full 90 minutes. Or we'll see how the game goes, obviously, but let him try and make a real severe impact in the biggest stage. I thought Yang was kind of off the boil on um, Saturday, and can it be teams Forrest, I mean... <laughs> it's just it's kind of be kid James Forrest kind of be starting a massive Champions League game for us in 2023. I'm not going to go into why. I think 
anybody listening knows listening knows that. I just I think that I think that'd be a surefire way to deflate people would be to start Forrest. And uh, I start against him personally, but he's just no good enough to be starting a Champions League game for us. So uh, I really hope that doesn't happen. Um, so I think Palmer's the sensible one, obviously with Kyogo Meda, midfield Tatia, Riley McGregor, backline Taylor, Scales, Phillips, Johnson, and then uh, Joe Hart will be back as well. But I thought Scott Bain was actually um, was actually okay against Motherwell. Made some really good saves actually. He was better than okay, so credit to him. Um, and it was alright against Livingston as well. But uh, no, Joe Hart will be will be back between the sticks, no doubt. And did you disagree with any of the two positions that I've mentioned that Tony says? No, as you said, the manager obviously kept some positive comments. and I think a lot of the team probably did sort of pick itself. Um, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't think there'll be any mad surprises sort of springing up in terms that I don't think you're going to see it. Um, Bernardo or anything coming in, I think the the team for the most part will be fairly fairly simple with McGregor O'Reilly and Hattie in the middle and, and things like that. Um, but uh, I'd, I'd, I'd probably agree with Tony, to be honest with you, in terms of how we're going to line up, unless there's anything between sort of the game kicking up and in the warm up. But I am just I'm, I don't know what it is. As I say that, I'm just really looking forward to the game. There's there's something in me that. I fancies to get a result. I think just between the the feel about the place, everything that's going on at the minute, there's there is seem to be a bit of a buzz again. Um, the manager, even the manager's reaction to the the goal, and then I know Lazio. As I said, they just I don't think they're the same team that we've beat previously. Um, so hopefully the stars are aligning and we go out and get a positive result. I definitely, I'll, I think I agree with you both about Palmer, I think he'll be the winger that comes in, but I, I don't know, I've got this feeling that it, Vickers might just come back, I don't know, I, as you say, like Roger says he wouldn't risk him, and of course I wouldn't want him risk, but I feel, I don't know, maybe, maybe you're right Tony, maybe he will just be put on the bench to give uh, the crowd a bit of a boost, but I, I don't know, I've just had a feeling since he said it that uh, there might be something behind it and I think Vickers is by far and away our best defender so if he was ready then I think it's one of your biggest games this season uh, unless it was a, like you wouldn't take a massive risk on it but I think if Vickers thought he was ready and the physios were happy with it uh, I wouldn't be against it uh, but I will, so we'll see about half six quarter to seven tomorrow when the team's announced I'm sure uh, we'll one is a bit right, and because I, I, I think Palmer will start. I think he was, but he spent a few million on him, and uh, as I say, that goal on Saturday will do him the world of good. And he had, he had some decent moments against Feyenoord as well, and uh, with more confidence and more time with the squad in him, then hopefully he can get a big moment again tomorrow. Uh, we'll get predictions at the end, but uh, Tony, I'll just come to you now. You mentioned it earlier, Celtic, uh, the world, uh, the words great and legend and hero are sort of banded about a lot uh, but I think every one of them sort of applies to Tom Rogic who announced his retirement the day on Instagram uh, what did you make of that news and just like, what what are your sort of favourite memories of Tom Rogic I know 
Uh, just give you gig pod a wee plug. I know last season when he left, uh, last year when he left, even that they done a great episode on his sort of time at the club. I'd uh, recommend people go and listen to that. But I, uh, what's your thoughts on the Tom Rogic news? I, well, I read his post, and obviously he had very important reasons for, for hanging up the boots at 30. Um, and obviously we all wish uh, him and his wife the, the best of luck, but um, he's left his mark at Celtic. He'll be forever in Celtic football, that's for sure. Uh, Favourite memories, Aberdeen, that last kick of the ball. I, I just, I've probably spoke about it in the podcast so many times. Me and my dad still speak about it. It's just the best ever. Just That was... Just incredible, um, such a special day out. But um, I'd be doing him a disservice just to mention that. Um, the word Hunskelper gets branded about quite a bit. Uh, he was he was right up there with the best of them. He he done it at Hamden, into them. He done it at Ibrox. He done it at Celtic Park. I think most of these goals might have been either at Hamden or Celtic Park or Ibrox against them. I think. Um, am I right in saying he only scored one against them at Celtic Park, the five 0 game? I think you're right, because I know when that stat about Kyogo scoring at every end was mentioned, I think it was the Lisbon Lion stand was the only one he had scored against him. Yep, that's true, because he, yep, yep, I can, I can think of the goals. So, um, one of the, the just that, that one would equalised uh, for Big Ange um, when we went on to 1-2-1 with Carter Vickers. That was a, a great kind of last massive goal for us for, uh, from him. So, um I had a Celtic great and a really, really great player to watch. Some of his goals were just unbelievable. Even back to 2016, uh, when Ronnie Dyler was really struggling, he dug him out a hole away to Kelly. He scored big goals in the Champions League as well in terms of getting his qualification. Um, Last-minute goals against Motherwell, I think we spoke about that earlier on. So, no, you know what... Um, just a, a great player and so many happy memories. I don't think anybody's got a bad word to say about Tom Rogic. And um, as I say, it's best of luck to him and his family. I know he's moved back to Australia. So Tom ever wants to come on and do a podcast and uh, we're willing to annoy him. I definitely would. Uh, love that. As you say, I think Rogic's like one of the best Celtic players of the last 10 years easily. And uh, as you mentioned, I think Aberdeen and Rangers fans will be delighted that he's hung up the boots. I'm sure when he was uh, left, when he left West Brom, people were a bit worried that he might just here again because uh, he definitely had the knack of scoring plenty against uh, them, and I just absolutely loved them and was gutted when he left. I know at started that season, people sort of were writing him off, saying, "Oh, I don't know if he's going to be able to go again under Ange." and uh, did they still have the engine in that for it? And anything on to be player of the year, he was just phenomenal uh, that season and just a real asset to Ange as well. And like I think you you mentioned as far back as like Dyla, uh, like that goal at Rugby Park was just tremendous and he was just so consistent in big games like you've mentioned Hamden, Derby's European games. It was just a real class act and. He, he called the Wizard of Oz for a reason and he just at times the, the ball seemed attached to his feet and as you say it was obviously family reasons why he's retiring at that age and you do wish him well and as much as I, I may actually be a first uh, that we, we give a bit of praise I know he mentioned that uh, Peter Lowell and Dermot Desmond were influential in helping him and his wife in their sort of uh, fertility 
uh, issues. So credit where it's due, they've obviously helped him a lot in that. And I completely wish him all the best, him and his family. And I like, always be welcome back at Celtic Park for I think thirty years from now when we are all sitting retired, they'll still be right up there with the best Celtic players we've seen. I'd, I'd say for sure. But Andy, what's your thoughts on Tom Roggett's retiring? As you said, I think the Wizard, the Wizard of Oz really sums him up. Um, a tremendous football player. Gave probably a multiple generations of Celtic fans um, who weren't old enough to remember getting sort of major in Europe. Um, the best day of their lives in the Invincible Treble. I think that will live long in the memory. It's what we spoke about before about our greatest games and everything, and it's always right up there. Um, but it wasn't just one isolated incident. With Rogic, um, as has been mentioned, winners against Motherwell, winners at Rugby Park, um, winners at Ibrox and snapped one of their legs in the, in the same process. Like, it was just memory. It's highlight reel after highlight reel. Um, with Rogic, and he was one of the players that you just always felt something could happen. Um, it could, it could get a goal at an A-way, or he could set somebody up, um, you were just always buzzing to see him in the starting team and he sort of struck fear into teams that he was up against but tremendous football player great servant for the club and as you said, he'll always be welcome back um, and sort of speaks volumes about the person as well um, but I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say a bad word about him um, and then again obviously it's to retire and obviously get back to Australia and sort of take care of his family and stuff then good luck to him and um, I'm sure we'll see him back at Parkhead one day and um, as a fan and I look forward to it because I gave us nothing but good memories. Yep, definitely. So I all the best to Tom Rogic and his family. Uh, but we're closing in on a 45 minute mark and I know this is going to less than 24 hours before the Lazio game so we may as well get our incorrect predictions in the new. Uh, I'll go first. I think it might be a repeat of the Europa League game at Celtic Park a few years ago. I think it might be Celtic 2, Lazio 1. Uh, I think the teams will be quite tightly matched and I can't. I wouldn't be... I don't think there'll be a massive scoreline on the cards for either team, but I think that Celtic, as you two have alluded to and I agree, I think there's a good feel about the club now and I think Namora is a great opportunity to get that win on the board. Uh, and I think Kyogo will get the first goal and then who'll get the second it'll probably be Matt O'Reilly he's just on fire now uh, I don't know when Lazio will get their goal hopefully 99th minute and it's the last kick of the ball if they, they get a goal and there's no time to uh, even worry about an equaliser but I think Celtic will get their Champions League campaign back on track and get all three points tomorrow uh, Tony what's your prediction? Uh, I'll go 2-0 Celtic. Uh, Kyogo, finally, to get that Champions League going. I'll go for Matt Riley as well. Um, don't get me wrong, would I be surprised with any result? No, but I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm trying to be hopeful. So, 2-0 to the leather belts. Andy, you're going to wrap us up with a, a trio of predictions of Celtic wins? No, get beat 3-0. Um, nah, I think we'll win 3-1. Um, I think it'll be 2-0 at half-time. They'll 
they'll score and then we'll, we'll go back and put the game to bed. Um, I do actually fancy O'Reilly being the score sheet as well. I think he's sort of coming into the form of his life and I think that'll continue. Um, and then I'll go for Maeda and Kyogo to get the other two goals um, and a 3 1 win. And as you say, kickstart the campaign and, and really sort of take us up a notch to the next level. And as I say, get, that, get rid of that whole no winning a Champions League home game in fucking 10 years. There you go, some positive predictions to wrap up this episode. Uh, we will be back at some point. I know we've been very inconsistent the last few weeks. We will try and sort that. Some might say we're lucky to be in a position, unlike some Cockney car salesmen who uh, were let go at the weekend. But uh, we, will, we will be back, hopefully discussing a Celtic victory. Uh, we've obviously got the Kamala game on Saturday coming up as well. And... We'll be back after that. It was an international break, so I'm sure we'll manage to get you some content out uh, during that as well. But thanks to everybody that's persisted and came back and listened again. We do appreciate it. Just remember to be like and subscribing and sharing where you can. It helps us out. Uh, and let us know what you thought in the comments or over on our Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. We'll put the links in the description so you can make sure you're getting the latest content. But aye, hell, hell, and cheers. <laughs>